If you go through a design process, by the time you get to the end and you develop a product, making any significant change to that is not only nearly impossible, it's often very costly. A lot of people, when they go to a new location, they buy one of the travel guides to that country. And ideas that are all centered or framed with the goal of supporting identity development. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, educators and innovators, welcome to the electrifying season three of ISSEDU Learn. Ask me anything with your dynamic host, Mike P and Dana. We're not just here to make waves, we're here to ride the tidal waves of your incredible support to the 21,000 strong downloaders and listeners who joined us on this incredible journey. We tip our hats to you. Your unwavering enthusiasm and active engagement fuels the very heartbeat of our mission. This season, we're not holding back. We're unleashing a tsunami of valuable insights, strategies, and practical wisdom that will effortlessly weave into the tapestry of your educational institutions. Whether you're ready to implement change today or set sail on a journey of profound exploration, trust us, we got you covered. For the inside scoop of upcoming events and certification opportunities that rock your world, point your browsers to iss.edu slash events. Are you ready to ride the podcast wave of a lifetime? Mike P and Dana are here to make it happen. Let the learning adventures begin. ISSEDU Learn, Ask Me Anything, Season 3. Dive in. Welcome back to ISSEDU Learn, Ask Me Anything with Mike and Dana, podcast brought to you by iss.edu. I am Mike P., your favorite educator interviewer, alongside with my co-host, Dr. Dana Sperker-Watts, who is the Director of Learning, Research, and Outreach at ISS. How are you, Dana, today? I'm doing great, Mike. Great to be back again this season. Oh, great to be back. Also here with Molly Faye, who is also just be here as the voice of the audience for us here today. So guys, it's great to be back with you here, season three of the podcast. I just want to spend some time to just say thank you to our 20,000 downloads and listens for the first two seasons. Um, And we're here to really put an impact into international educational schools. And this season, I just want to make sure that I want to let you know what I'm working on for this season three. And it's really to provide you with the best practical information, insights and strategies that you can take back to your educational institutions so you can either practice them immediately or go explore them further. And before we get started today, just a few housekeeping items. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and of course, Spotify, and many more. Also, stay updated on upcoming events and certifications by visiting us at iss.edu slash events. And if you're looking for your next job opportunity, also check out our virtual and physical fairs. Dana, did I miss anything that you would like to add in there? I don't think so. You got us covered pretty well. All right. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, who is Dr. Tom Hawkins. Dr. Tom Hawkins is an educational leader with a wealth of experience in strategic and action planning international schools. Tom is currently the vice president at ISS and is spearheading the school startups management and operation division. Tom, how are you today? I'm doing well, Mike. It's a little chilly here in Minnesota. The fall is right around the corner. 
got a little rain overnight, though, so it was much needed rain. And so it's good to be here. You guys, I can't believe it's already the third season of Ask Me Anything. A wonderful idea that you guys hatched and really proud and, and glad to be one of your guests here today. Thank you. This is the second time here, right? With us. Yeah, this is a second time, a repeat offense. I mean, a repeat opportunity to engage with our audience, which is awesome. 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 And today we'll be diving into the critical topic of strategic and action planning in our global connected world. School faces numerous challenges and uncertainties nowadays. Strategic planning is a key tool to navigate through those complexities. It helps us identify strengths, weakness, and opportunities and threats which we also know as SWOT analysis, and it charts a course for our schools. It's all about making sense of the VUCA forces. VUCA stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And VUCA impacts our international schools. So without further ado, let's get started with our questions. And just to start with, I know I gave my own little spiel of, how, of what strategic and action planning is, but Tom, could you start by explaining what strategic planning is and why it is crucial for educational institutions? Yeah, thanks, Mike. As you said, the schools face a VUCA world. That volatility and the uncertainty of the schools that we're in really require us to do some thinking before stuff happens and try to make sure that we've got plans in place that are not only action plans, but are strategic in intent. By having a strategic intention or a strategic plan, you're better able to deal with the things that come at you. And one of the things that I stress when I talk with schools about strategic planning is that part of the process is understanding, like you talked about, the strengths, the weaknesses of your school, the opportunities that lie out there, and some of the threats that you need to be aware of to kind of minimize some of those risks out there. So strategic planning tries to take into consideration all of those elements of the school that heads of schools, that principals, that leaders of schools, that boards of schools have to deal with on a daily basis. It gives them a framework to think about decision making. And part of that framework is their accreditation process and their accreditation or school improvement plan as well. So what we when we talk about strategic planning, we talk about that process. We talk about the structure of strategically thinking and making decisions and incorporating that accreditation self-improvement of the schools to make sure that you are making good decisions in the best interest of the students, of the school, of the faculty, and the community that you serve. Um, I have a question. So because of COVID, a lot of strategic plans went haywire, right? Like a lot of schools really had to divert or pivot and change some of their focus for a little while. Now that we're coming, I don't know if we're out of COVID, but wherever we are with COVID, how is strategic planning still, how has it been impacted? And then what are you seeing with schools that you work with? Yeah, great question. The strategic, let's say the pandemic threw a curveball at all schools. It rocked a lot of people's world. And some people who had good plans in place were able to pivot. But it wasn't because of the planning. It was because of their ability to think strategically and to pivot because they've done some of that pre-thinking, some of that structural work, some of that strategic intent to what they wanted to do. I've worked with schools who had a great strategic plan that got just absolutely derailed. 
by the pandemic. And part of that was because their enrollment dropped and then the economy tanked in some places, et cetera, et cetera. Those became threats that they didn't see to begin with. And so I've had to work with schools who needed to kind of reset that strategic objective or that strategic plan, given that now instead of 400 students in the school, they've got 250. And now they have to focus on getting up to 400. They had to revise what they do, how they do, when they do it. And they learned a lot. We all learned a lot through the pandemic. We learned that we can do things differently, in particular online. We can utilize technology to make impacts in education. But we also learned that it's not great to have kids out and doing things online all the time. We realize that having the parent body join you virtually can be pretty impactful. Whereas it used to be, I was just telling you at the beginning of our conversation here that, you know, sometimes I would have parent coffees at school. And if you'd only do them in person, then, you know, you get five, 10 people showing up. I would do virtual coffees and get 150 people showing up. It was like, okay, it was a game changer in a really positive way. But going into schools and working with schools post-pandemic, you're really looking at trying to reset what their you know, strengths, opportunities, weaknesses, and threats are, and then helping them revise the plans that they had pre-COVID to be a little bit more specifically around how do we recover from that? As you said, are we out of COVID yet? Most people would say that, yes, COVID is in the rearview mirror at this point. We're not doing the same kind of allocation of resources to prevention and to mitigation and risk assessment, et cetera, et cetera. There's just a little more certainty in that uncertain world. And so we're back to a little bit more of what we had before COVID, a little bit more certainty with what we can anticipate. So people are having to reset their enrollment targets their tuition targets, their performance targets, but they're still wrestling a bit with the loss, the lost learning that they saw during the pandemic. So strategic thinking is a way to kind of give them a structure to think about what we need to focus on. What are our priorities now going forward again? And Tom, when when we talk about loss of learning, so a lot of schools, some of them have it documented through like map testing and different things that they're seeing within students, right? But is there also then a learning gain where students have learned resilience, adaptability, being able to see, think outside of the box for different things? Like, is there a way to measure that? And I mean, I know that takes us off of strategic planning, but I'm thinking that there's also some some skills and competencies that we haven't ever traditionally measured that may be something that, that was gained throughout all of this. I think that you're right on track. We haven't effectively measured the intangible skills of grit, integrity, fortitude, all of the things that we see as being beneficial to any student. And I don't think we learned how to measure that during the pandemic, but we did learn a little bit more about the value of those attributes and how we want to make sure that we're promoting those with students. It's still elusive because we can't measure it. It's not a paper pencil test. It's not a question and answer kind of thing. It is really an assessment of an individual's abilities and adaptability. There is some work out there 
on that. Our Sisu schools model really talk about grit, and that's that's the meaning of the word. Sisu is grit in Finnish. And everything that we do is geared toward helping students become happy, constructive, resilient learners. Likewise, what we do with schools via Optimize is to look at how we can help them get their students to where they want them to be. So oftentimes we start with a look at the school's mission, vision, and values. Those guiding statements are, where do we put our emphasis? What do we prioritize when we're dealing with students? Is it all about test scores? I hope not. If we're really about educating a child, we're about, yes, making sure that they've got the content and the curriculum and the the skills and knowledge to be able to be a productive citizen in the future. But also, we want to have those soft skills. We want to have the attributes that help them to be self-motivated, that helps them to be self-regulating, to help them be a positive contributor, even if they're not the smartest person in the room or they don't take the tests as well as everybody else, or they're not a fabulous athlete or you know world-class cellist. We want those students to develop those skills and attributes both to be effective. And schools are better at testing and tracking those quantitative outcomes than the qualitative outcomes. But we put a lot of time and energy into the the qualities and the competencies that we want to see. We just don't have a great way to measure them yet. Um, you spoke about uh, building resilience in these schools and, of course, we're in a world that's ever-changing and just a whole lot of uncertainties going on. And we have a whole lot of global events like pandemics, geopolitical shifts, and economic crises that's always occurring. How does strategic planning help in building that resilience and adaptability for like long-term strategies? I would say that when you can anticipate some of the challenges that you will face, you begin to build an organization, your school decision-making culture around sustainability. And nobody could really anticipate what happened in Khartoum or in Niger or when Marrakesh most recently couldn't anticipate that earthquake or some of the unrest that we've seen in Ukraine and elsewhere. And so that really does impact the schools. What I stress when I work with schools is the plan is not the be-all and the end-all. You're really trying to get to understand strategic thinking, looking at what's coming at you, and then making plans to adapt to those challenges and seeing the opportunity even in really dire situations. So I had a a recent uh, head of school in one of these situations call and talk to me about what they'd done. And Other international schools are great at supporting them, helping them out, allowing their students to come into their school in one way, shape, or form. So I think it was Warsaw that helped out the school in Kiev, allowed them to set up shop literally on their campus. Cairo uh, Schutz School in Alexandria allowed the school in Khartoum to reset themselves up in their environment there. They reached out then to the likes of Avenues to help them set up an online program for their students. And in each of those cases, I would point to leaders who were able to think strategically about their crisis situation. If you react because you don't know what to do, you're probably not going to make really good strategic decisions. If you look at that crisis or 
the challenges that you're facing as a way to think strategically about how do we take our next steps. That allows for greater comfort and greater confidence by your students, by your clientele, in your ability to adapt and change to the forces that are around you. One of my predecessors here at ISS, he was quite a character. He is quite a character, Rob Ambrogi. He was in a number of places that had to be shut down because of civil unrest. And, you know, he used to joke that he was the best guy at leading a school that was ultimately going to be shut down because he had this ability. He had not only a great sense of humor, but he had a great sense of strategically thinking about how to deal with crises. Crises don't have to throw you off your game. Crises can actually be an opportunity for you to hone those skills, to be a strategic thinker and make decisions based on looking for those opportunities coming out of the crisis. Are you an educator looking to elevate your career? Consider more than university your gateway to success in international schools. They offer fully online programs with flexible start dates and affordable tuition rates, allowing you to balance work and personal life. Moreland University isn't your typical institution. Say goodbye to dull lectures and hello to engaging, interactive learning with passionate educators like yourself. It's a hands-on education that sparks creativity and prepares you for the real-world challenges. With Moreland University, you can earn a prestigious U.S. teaching certification or a master's degree in education from anywhere in the world. Their programs are designed to empower you to become a leader in your field. Don't wait. Take your steps forward, transforming your career today. Visit www.moreland.edu and apply now. Let Moreland University help you make a difference in student lives worldwide, one classroom at a time. Your journey to becoming an exceptional educator starts with Moreland University. A brighter future begins with you. Just for some clarity, strategic thinking and strategic planning, is it the same thing? No, but they're absolutely interrelated. Strategic planning is the actual process of putting down a plan where you actually come out with a plan that says, you know, over the next three years, these are our strategic initiatives or three to five years. These are our strategic initiatives. These are our focus areas. These are our projects and these are our KPI to measure how we're doing. So that's the plan itself. What we try to do is we try to, we're, we're working with a developer to hone a tool that we already use to allow school leaders, board members, et cetera, et cetera, to track that strategic planning, to track the process of those initiatives. Strategic thinking, on the other hand, is what every leader needs to do to be a good leader and to implement a strategic plan. When you think strategically, you think about not just setting your goals, you think about how you're going to take where you are now and what you're going to need to do to achieve those goals. And so strategic thinking is really figuring out how best to adapt to the challenges or challenges that you're facing at that moment. If you have to go back to your plan all the time, that's not very strategic. You need to be able to think strategically as well as adapt your strategic plan to the environment. When people don't do that, what they get is a, is a plan that it's a passive plan. It sits on the shelf and you take it out once a year and say, oh, did we do these things that we were supposed to do? Versus saying, let's go back to that. And if this is our strategic intent, what do we need to do? I know that we said we were going to plan these three things over the next three months, but something has changed here. 
How do we adapt? How do we pivot? And I will say ISS did a great job of pivoting in the pandemic. It's one of the things that brought you on board, Mike, because Dana said, we need to do some things virtually with professional development. And then she saw the need to have somebody like you to be able to help us promote that and think differently about how we deliver those services. So with you coming in to kind of help us reposition or rethink how we delivered these things, that's strategic thinking. You're thinking about how we can do this differently to gain the result that we said we wanted. And if we want to have increased listeners or an increased audience or a bigger impact on education, then we need to think about not only how we've always done it, but what we need to do in the future to achieve those goals. Thank you so much, Tom, for that. My next question, I guess, is geared towards like diversity. I know the international schools is kind of trying to change the leadership face from what it is now into something that is more diverse. Is strategic planning or strategic thinking something that can effectively address that unique challenge? Absolutely. One of the strategic imperatives for every school has to do with their people policies, their human capital initiatives, because no school is any good without great people. You can have a really terrible structure or not so great curriculum. If you have good people delivering it, the school can be successful. And so being specific and strategic about building your staff and developing that staff and creating the culture that's necessary for schools to be successful, for kids and teachers to be successful, for parents to be happy with the education that their children are getting, that really comes down to that people initiative and being specific about who you want to hire, what are you looking for, trying to identify the successful teacher for your school, trying to identify what you can do with those teachers who may be with you that need further development. With those people who are transitioning from your school to somewhere else, how do you make sure that they're leaving with great things to say about that school? So you can be very strategic in trying to diversify and be more inclusive in your hiring practices, for example. And that also includes promotional practices. So making sure that you are not overlooking people right within your midst, if they're qualified to be able to do those things. So almost every strategic plan that we do with schools includes a people strategy, a strategy around their hiring, development, onboarding, offboarding of all of their staff and personnel. Uh, thank you for that. Just as a shameless plug, just know that we also do recruitment type of uh, courses in regards to get you ready and walk out of your biases in regards to recruiting the right people to go ahead and meet the right objectives and missions that you have. And Tom, because Molly Faye, did you have a question? I do. So kind of as the voice of the audience, I'm able to ask questions that were submitted. And this specific question says, Tom. With the growing importance of sustainability and global citizenship, how can strategic planning incorporate environmental and socially responsible initiatives into the core mission of international schools? Great question. Yes, a strategic initiative around sustainability is highly valued and can be something that you can build a strategy around. In Doha, for example, my last school as a head, we did have a specific sustainability strategy. 
And it was in a place where the Gulf, they don't have the water to sustain themselves. So they've got to desalinate water. They've got lots of wealth, but very small areas. And it's not as sustainable as, as they would like to be. So we started small and we really were strategic about saying, okay, we can do things like get rid of all the plastic water bottles. So promote the reusable water bottles that people were not using up to that point. Schools can then go from there to much more impactful sustainability initiatives, including you know trying to incorporate some of the sustainable development goals into their curriculum. There's numerous ways to include sustainability in your in your strategic plan. And a lot of that comes down to the will and the willingness of people to say sustainability is a high priority for us and making sure that that becomes part of the ethos, the conversation, and the goal of the school as they're looking at their strategic plan. But you have to be intentional about it. You have to make sure that it gets on the table for discussion at the strategic planning process. During that strategic planning process, how do you make sure that there are champions who say sustainability is worth our time and energy? Because if we don't, we're going to be paying for that for a long time. Thanks, Tom, for that. Thanks so much, Tom. Yeah. And as we wrap up, Tom, I just uh, wanted to ask, do you have any resources or tools that you recommend for educators and institutions that are looking to dive deeper into strategic and action planning or even to better and improve their strategic thinking? Yeah, there are lots of lots of books and specialists out there. And I just did a hour and a half webinar, or I guess it was a, a workshop here on uh, EDU Learn a couple of weeks ago. They can tap into that if they're an uh, Edu Passport follower with ISS, if they belong to Edu Passport. But there are numerous different ways to take a look at strategic planning out there. One of the actual business-oriented strategic planning websites out there, but is really good in terms of the structure of strategic planning is called Cascade. Cascade Strategic Planning, it's like I said, it's business oriented, but it gives you the skills and the framework for looking at your strategic plan. There are other more specific educational programming strategic plans out there. I've worked with the Cambridge model of strategic planning, and they've got some good resources out there. But they can also contact me directly if they want to learn more about strategic planning and what ISS can do. I'm not the only one on on the team that does the strategic planning with schools. We've got Dr. Glenn Odland, who's working with three schools doing some strategic planning right now. And Greg Smith out of the Asia Pacific office is working with a couple of schools in Asia on strategic planning. And some of the other people in our stable also have backgrounds there. So there's no shortage of resources out there. And I think if you want to engage in a conversation, love to have that conversation, you can contact me at thawkins at iss.edu or just click on and, and send us an inquiry on the website. Becky will get that to us so we can have a further conversation about how strategic planning can impact your school. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom, for joining us today and sharing your expertise on strategic and action planning. It's been a valuable discussion. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in for season three premiere of ISS Ask Me Anything. Don't forget to subscribe, like, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. That's how we grow and that's how we get up in the ranks. And we're trying to get number one in the ranks real soon. So please go ahead and 
like us and leave us a review so that we can see that. That's all for today. Now, please take everything that we said. Don't just let the ideas linger. Go back there and implement them into your educational journey. And just remember that knowledge is power when it's put into practice. So stay tuned for more inspiring episodes. Until next time, go make a positive impact. Bye-bye, educators. Thanks, Frank. See you. Thank you.